Welcome to Created to Reign, a production of the Cornwall Alliance for the Stewardship of Creation. The Cornwall Alliance is a ministry dedicated to helping fulfill the mandate God gave mankind in Genesis 1.28, to subdue and rule the earth in a way that enhances its fruitfulness, its beauty, and its safety for the glory of God and the benefit of our neighbors. I am David Arley Gates, and our topic today is a requiem to the automobile. If you're sitting in traffic while listening to this podcast, you're going to be shouting at me a modified version of one of Mark Twain's famous quotes. Your report on the death of the automobile is an exaggeration. Well, hopefully that will be the only comment you shout at me today. We are seeing that many states are phasing in a moratorium on the purchase of new gasoline-powered light-duty passenger cars, trucks, and SUVs by 2035. Massachusetts, New Jersey, Oregon, and Washington, among others, mostly in the West and Northeast, have taken California's lead. Others, like Delaware and Pennsylvania, are considering it. In my home state of Delaware, the Secretary of Natural Resources and Environmental Control will make that determination this summer. No vote of the state legislature is needed. I expect this to be a foregone conclusion. But Delaware's proposal is even more strict while other states include both electric and plug-in hybrids. In Delaware, only electric vehicles will be sold after 2035, again pending the decision of an unelected cabinet member. So in 2035, you will only be able to buy an electric automobile. But as one might object, an electric automobile is still an automobile. And if we were living about a century ago, I might be writing a requiem for horse-drawn carriages. Nevertheless, horse-drawn carriages have not gone away. They still exist in some major cities, such as Washington, D.C. and New York City. And I occasionally encounter them when I am west of Dover, Delaware, as the Amish community there still uses them for transportation on state roads. And out there, you can find hitching posts at most convenience stores. They are usually located near the gasoline pumps. Thus, automobiles will not go away. They will simply be replaced by newer electric technology. And if you want to remain in the dark ages, you can still buy a used gas guzzler or a good sturdy horse, if you prefer. Or simply buy a gasoline automobile from one of the other states that do not look to California for environmental policy or for anything else for that matter. Delaware, however, foresaw that potential. It is not just the purchase of all new cars, but all cars registered in the state after 2035 must be a zero emissions vehicle. So I can't go to Tennessee and buy a car and then bring it back here to Delaware to get it registered. But see, I have recently argued that Delaware, even more so than California, lies at the forefront of progressive liberal ideology. After all, our state bird is the Delaware blue hen not the Delaware chicken or some other poultry variant, but a blue hen. Even the state's flagship university, the University of Delaware, boasts the blue hen as its mascot. In Delaware, the progressives have foreseen the possibility of Delaware becoming the new Cuba, even though they probably would applaud Castro's political ideology. You see, in 1959, the communist revolution in Cuba left the country without the cash necessary to build their own auto industry, and the import embargo prohibited them from importing new cars from the United States. 
Thus, the 1950-era cars that existed prior to the revolution were simply updated with parts, mostly from Russian and Chinese manufacturers. Only in 2016 was the embargo lifted, and the United States cars began selling again in Havana and elsewhere across the island. But in Delaware, the progressive left has seen to it that the Cuban experience will not happen. No, I don't mean a communist revolution. I mean a patchwork of gasoline-powered cars kept on the roads by human ingenuity and innovation. This is to be accomplished by House Bill 35, introduced into the General Assembly on December 15, 2022. The bill passed the House with overwhelming bipartisan support, 39 to 1 with just one absentee, and it is now awaiting the vote in the state Senate. The bill charges the Department of Safety and Homeland Security to consult with the Department of Natural Resources and Environmental Control and the Department of Transportation to provide a comprehensive motor vehicle noise and abatement program. Now, I know what you're saying. Shouldn't we all be for quieter automobiles? Sure, except I already cannot get my car registered with the state if it has no muffler or has loud headers. A police chief at a local community told me that drivers of cars exhibiting excessive noise could already be fined under state ordinances. So why the need for House Bill 35? Well, as CNET reported in November of 2016, the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration passed its quiet car rule that required all electric vehicles to make noise so that pedestrians can better hear and avoid being run over by them. Electric vehicles simply are too quiet. So if your car is too noisy, you won't be able to drive it. That old gas guzzler you own? Oh, sorry. Its internal combustion engine is just too loud. You'll have to give up on it and buy the GMC Hummer that President Biden test drove just a month ago for a photo op. And yes, the government will give you a $7,500 rebate on your new electric vehicle. Well, about now, you're probably saying, like, Gates, get off this Delaware kick. It's a state with less than a million inhabitants. That many people pour across our southern border in just over four months. But as an article in Breitbart actually noted last week, the Greens aren't coming for your gas-powered cars. They're coming for all cars. And not just in Delaware, but across this entire country. As James Pinkerton writes in the article, hardcore environmentalists want to rid the United States of all automobiles, not just limit them to zero emission vehicles. The reason they are opposed to even electric vehicles can be summed up in simply one word. Lithium. Lithium is the third element, only preceded by hydrogen and helium on the periodic table of the elements, and lithium is the lightest metal. The average battery in an electric vehicle requires about 18 pounds of lithium. The World Economic Forum estimates that 2 billion electric vehicles will be on the road in the next 25 years. Now, if you're doing the math, that is 18 million tons or 720,000 tons per year. The total global production of lithium is only about 100,000 tons. 
So if all the lithium mined today on the planet were put to automobile batteries alone, we would only be able to supply one-seventh of the demand. And remember, lithium is needed in many other applications, including rechargeable batteries for mobile phones, laptops, and digital cameras, as well as non-rechargeable batteries for heart pacemakers, clocks, and toys. It is also included with alloys of aluminum to improve strength and to reduce weight in aircraft, bicycles, and high-speed trains. Alloys of lithium and magnesium are used to make armor plating. Moreover, lithium is used in glass ceramics, air conditioning, and drying systems as an all-purpose high-temperature lubricant and in drugs to treat manic depression. It is also required for the storage of hydrogen as a fuel. Did you get that? Automobile batteries, airplanes, bicycles, high-speed trains, and hydrogen-powered vehicles all require lithium. Nothing moves without either lithium or a carbon-based fuel, or maybe a carbon-based life form such as a horse. But Mr. Legates, as the mid-1990s Dorito ad with Jay Leno stated, crunch all you want, we'll make more. So we can just mine more lithium. No, we can't. In Nevada, near the Oregon border, for example, a new lithium mine has been stalled by environmentalists, Native Americans, and locals who just don't want to live near a lithium mine. Indeed, even the New York Times joined in with the protests by concluding, quote, electric cars and renewable energy may not be as green as they appear, unquote. You think? We've been saying that for years. But now that it works for their interests, the New York Times will finally admit what we always knew. The New Republic has also led the way against all automobiles, even electric vehicles. Author Kate Aronoff wrote, quote, investing in mass transit, walkability, biking infrastructure, and other means of reducing personal car ownership could reduce the amount of lithium needed, unquote. But to her, cars are not the cause of the problem. They are the problem. She cites a 20th century Marxist who in 1973 characterized automobiles as, quote, luxury goods invented for the exclusive pleasure of a very rich minority and which in conception and nature were never intended for the people, unquote. Now, Henry Ford aside, if you own a car, you apparently are partaking in a decadent luxury that was only intended for the highest ruling elites like them. Well, tell that to the poor who need a car to get to work so they can support themselves and their families. Of course, if we all just lived in small Soviet-style pods or in something called the line that is being built in Saudi Arabia and that I discussed in an earlier podcast, we wouldn't need to purchase automobiles. But your travel would be restricted and this and other freedoms would be curtailed. That, of course, is the ultimate goal. Unfortunately, the transportation industry has not done well in recent months. Long lines at electric vehicle recharging stations over the Christmas New Year holiday, monumental airline disruptions and delays, and train derailments have led us to say, maybe I should just drive. Now, I'm a rail fan, and several years ago, I took a trip on Amtrak from Washington, D.C. to Chicago. 
I arrived in Chicago nine hours behind schedule. On the return trip, I was 16 hours late. Why? Amtrak does not own the rails through the center of the country. They are dependent on rails owned by freight lines, who take priority. Freight train derailments will block passenger rail travel because they both use the same rails everywhere except along the two coasts. High-speed rail in California seems to have derailed, unintended, and a nationwide network of high-speed rail seems to be as far away as cold fusion. One last thought. How does the government enforce the ramp-up to 100% electric vehicles by 2035? For example, in 2028, 51% of all cars sold in California must be electric vehicles. How does the government force that? If nearly everyone wants a gas-powered vehicle and few buy electric vehicles because of the initial expense, how does the government force you to buy an electric vehicle? Well, I'm sorry, sir, we cannot sell you this car today because it runs on gasoline. And since 51% of all cars sold must be electric vehicles, you must wait until someone buys an electric vehicle. Is that how this works? Or does the government add massive rebates to electric cars while charging a premium to purchase a gasoline-powered vehicle? Of course, with environmentalists, market manipulation is always the likely course of action. So enjoy your automobile while you have it, because if the hardcore environmentalists have their way, the Amish will be laughing as they rocket by us on their horse-drawn carriages. Thank you for listening to Created to Rain. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify and share the episode link with your friends. And don't forget Cornwall Alliance's Day of Prayer on March 25th. Until next time, I am David Arley Gates, and may God richly bless you. <laughs>